Yo, 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 UFC fans. Welcome to a UFC 281 episode of the Big Deed Podcast. Before I bring in my UFC friend, please subscribe, like, and share the Spunky Spectrum Sports YouTube page where you can see all my content that I upload. Also, check out the Big Deed Podcast for all your audio fans on Spotify and Apple. So, uh, joining me, the only guy who could sack Josh, the only guy who can take down Conor McGregor and sack Josh Allen, Fantasy Labs and Action Network MMA expert Billy Ward. Billy, UFC 281 and MSG uh, can't get much bigger than this, right? Yeah, you know, a lot of people have been looking forward to the main event in particular for a long time, so it's a really good card through and through too. It's not one of those where you got a great card at the front and then or a great fight at the top and then kind of go, eh, there's a ton of stuff like all up and down this one that I'm excited for. So yeah, it's a good one for the, the real fans who are going to be locked in for seven hours or however long it takes. Yeah. And then we'll be, yeah. And then we'll be over at like one thirty in the morning. Right. Yeah. It's tough for us. Eastern time people, especially us Eastern time zone dads who, I have a real hard time getting through a lot of these main events. I'm going to have to do something this week to make sure I get to see all of it. Well, how about this main event for the uh, UFC middleweight belt between Israel Adesanya and Alex Pereira? Uh, I believe it's Pereira, but I've heard people say it all kinds of ways. Because, you know, with Portuguese, the R is a H sound, so who knows? Potan. We can call him Potan if you don't want to mess with the last name. <laughs> yeah, but... um. You know, what's interesting about this fight is that uh, not in the UFC, but both these guys fought in uh, kickboxing and the Brazilian won both times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's that's the interesting thing, because a lot of times with guys like that, when you say like, well, yeah, he's a better kickboxer, but this is MMA. You know, Izzy is obviously the more experienced MMA fighter. He's been a UFC champion for longer than Pahe has been fighting MMA. But Israel Adesanya doesn't really do a lot of MMA things. He does a lot of kickboxing with little gloves and defending takedowns. So it's not one of those where you're like, oh, well, you know, Izzy's going to use his MMA experience, come out here, you know, throw him on his head and choke him out. I don't really think that's how this one's going to go. So that makes it interesting. You know, we obviously have one of the two wins was a knockout. The other was a fairly close decision between the two of them. So it's not like. Even the fight where uh, Pahea knocked him out, it wasn't like he was just dominating him through and through. So they were fairly closely matched in kickboxing. But, you know, how well is that going to translate over? I don't know if it's that that simple. Yeah, especially because in the UFC, Adesanya has been all but unbeatable at 185 pounds. His only loss was a light heavyweight bout uh, a, year. a year and a half ago, the Jan Blackowitz. Or Jan, yeah. Yeah, and it's, I mean, Pahea looks significantly bigger than is. So if, you know, you're playing that size angle from that, I think there's a good, I, I don't think that's bad logic. I think Pahea is going to be the much bigger man in there. I also think, you know, how well is he going to adjust to striking with little gloves versus big gloves? He's looked great so far. Had no problem with Sean Strickland, Bruno Silva, both decent strikers. Neither of them are Israel Adesanya. So really, if you're, if you're on the Izzy side of this, you basically have to say the difference between boxing gloves and small gloves is enough that Israel Adesanya is going to be the better fighter here. If you're on the Pahea side, well, the logic is he beat him in kickboxing. Israel Adesanya is not going to come out here and take him down. This is pretty much just going to be a kickboxing match with little gloves. You know, what makes us think that it's going to go any better for Adesanya this time? So it's close. You know, from a betting standpoint, 
I would make this line a lot closer than it is right now. I'm seeing pay a plus 175 or so. I, I'm probably going to end up taking that. I would bet him down. You know, I'd make him plus 120, plus 130, something like that. I think this one's close to, if not a toss-up. DFS side, it's tough because a lot of Adesanya fights don't produce a lot of scoring, especially for the loser of it. So, you know, it's tricky. I think for cash games, we got to play both of them and just hope it turns into a firefight. If you knew which guy was going to win, just playing one is smarter, but I don't feel confident enough in either guy. So I'm definitely going to play both of them for DFS cash. And then for GPPs, the winner probably has a knockout here. I think you could fade out Asanya and say maybe he outpoints him. Hey, if he wins, it's going to be a knockout. I think he's going to get out of Asanya into enough of a firefight, though, that whoever wins ends up with a decent score. I've got I've got an interesting question. The fact that Korea has not gone five rounds and we've seen Anand Sonia in championship fights, does that worry you about Perea's conditioning? Because so many of his fights and early when Anand Sonia is used to not just five round fights, but but going the distance. Because you think in his last one two. And it's been a while since one ended early, is what you're telling me. Yeah, I mean, his only recent knockout was in Fight Island, and it was a TKO win against Paulo Costa two years ago. So, Adesan's used to going 25 minutes more. We don't know about Pere- about Pejia's stamina it, in a big, in a long fight. It's a reasonable question. I don't know how much it's going to matter here, just because Pejia was a kickboxing champion. He fought, you know, six, eight, three-minute rounds. And some of those. So it's not like he hasn't, you know, fought for a long time. It's slightly different, sure. But also, a lot of those fights, Adesanya is kind of coasting through most of them. So, what's Adesanya's cardio going to be like if he's actually, you know, in a slugfest for 5, 10, 15 minutes? So, I, I don't think you're wrong necessarily. I don't think it's going to be a huge factor in, in this one for a couple different reasons. Like, it's a lot easier to do what Adesanya has done for 25 minutes dance around on the outside, stick some shots, play it safe. That doesn't mean you can necessarily get in there and brawl for 25 minutes, though. And if this turns into that, I don't see a reason to think his cardio is necessarily going to be any better than Paez. Other than, you know, he's a little bit leaner, a little bit less body weight to carry around. That might be the bigger factor, but I'm not super worried about it. You know, like kind of one, one, 2% concern on the Paez side, but nothing major. It's just it's just a fight we wanna it's just a fight we wanna see because we wanna see who's the king at one eighty five, you know. It... Well, and this is the first like real new challenger we've had for him in a while. He's been kind of going through the same guys. I will say if Adesanya takes care of business and holds his belt here, this division feels kinda over for a while. Like I don't know, are we waiting for like maybe Jamal Hill has a good style if he wins one or two more fights? Are one of these, you know, super wrestle-heavy guys going to get up there? Are we waiting for Bo Nickel if he gets through Pahea in a few years? You know, like, I kind of want to root for Pahea just to make the division more fun for the next little bit. Because if Adesanya beats him, what else do we got? Crickets. Well, I will. I mean, I'm going to be – oh, no, Jamal Hill's 205. Never mind. So forget I said the Jamal Hill. If he could make 185, that'd be a great fight. But that's a 205, or that's my fault. I think Jamal Hill would struggle to make two of two or five of how how big he is. He's tall, but I I know Jamal, so this is not me. Uh, you know, talking crap here. He could lose a few extra pounds, probably not twenty extra pounds, but he could lean out a little bit. But that's neither here nor there for UFC two eighty one. Just just big fan. I know those guys on that team, so they're always on top of mind for me. 
Yeah, so there's not just one title fight, but two uh, women's throwaway championship bout between Carla Esposa and Wheelie Zing. And uh be honest, hopefully this fight goes better than Cola's last championship bout against uh, because Rose. <laughs> against Rose because that put everyone to sleep, right? Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, I was that one seemed like it was going to be kind of fun, and it didn't really work out this way. Hopefully, you know, both Asparza and Jang kind of learn from that and push the pace a little bit more. It does feel like the same four women, counting you at a young Jade chick who's now retired, have kind of just been fighting each other endlessly for the last couple of years at strawweight. You know, it, it feels like Zhang is kind of better across the board. I don't see Carla being able to take her down because Zhang's so much bigger and stronger. Certainly don't see Esparza winning a striking match because she doesn't really strike with anyone. I don't know. Hopefully just, you know, Zhang takes care of business. From a betting standpoint, I'm not laying that kind of price. DFS is where it gets interesting So we got the two five-round fights. You know, this one's going to have longer odds, I think, to go the distance, which normally means that's the fight we want to target. And that was the case last time Carlos fought. It went the distance. I rostered both fighters in the MMA qualifier round one and got almost nothing out of it. So I don't I don't want to necessarily overcorrect here, but I'm probably just going to have Zhang. It's going to make things tough from a salary standpoint in the rest of my lineup, but I don't know. I can't see a way to play Carla. Is she going to get a bunch of takedowns? Doesn't seem that likely. I think in this fight, it's whether or not it turns into a striking match, because if it's a striking match, Zhang's going to win. But if it turns into a boring wrestling ground match, A, the fans in New York are going to be pissed, and B, Cole's going to win a decision in that case. I don't, But I don't know that she's necessarily the better wrestler than Zhang. Like, Zhang's averaging more than two takedowns per 15 minutes. She's physically just much stronger. I wouldn't even be that bored if it turns into a grappling match. If it turns into a grappling match where they're going for stuff, great. Like, shoot some takedowns. Carla didn't even do that with Rose, so that was more the problem. But, yeah, it's this one feels like at worst a coin flip if they're grappling. And, you know, Zhang should be like a minus one million favorite for however long it's on the feet. So, yeah. But, yeah, I'm going to get Zhang in there for DFS cash, try to figure out some value plays elsewhere because there's just no way I can – play both of them or play Carla. Would you uh, consider laying the odds for Zang because she's like a plus a minor. She is let me see, minus 325. That seems I mean, Carla is minus 270 but I mean, I don't I don't know if you go anywhere near those odds, right? I don't just generally as a rule lay that kind of juice on MMA just because like for all we know, Zhang could have torn her ACL last week and is just going to limp through the fight or have a shoulder falling out of her socket. Like, there's just enough that can go wrong with especially, MMA. Especially with all the injuries happening nowadays, right? Right. With that said, it's Wiley well, is minus 400 or so at most books, still minus 320 at DraftKings. So if you're listening to this and you still see that line, yeah, it's a value. Like, it's probably a smart bet. I'm not going to do it just because I don't want to lay, you know, $3.2 for everyone I want to win. But that doesn't mean I'm betting Carla. So nobody hear what I said and say they're going to run out and put bets on Carla Esparza. That is not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is no one is making you bet on this fight. <laughs> it's not a rule. You don't have to. If you're going to the 320 on Jang right now, by the time I record the Action Network betting podcast that we're going to do on Friday, I'm sure that value will be gone. Yeah, will that, will that three begin before? Probably. I mean, it's already 
there's places that already have her minus 420. So it's definitely a, a value line at DraftKings. Doesn't mean you have to bet it. Besides the two championship fights, which fight are you looking forward to seeing on Saturday night? Um, I, I kind of almost want to say all of them. Not really all of them. The obvious answer is Poirier versus Chandler. You know, big name guys, both pretty exciting fighters, a lot of action. This feels like one that Dustin Poirier is going to win most of the minutes, but if there's one moment that he does not win, he could end up unconscious. You know, like, I think Poirier is the better fighter, kind of through and through, but Poirier has to win 15 straight minutes. Michael Chandler has to win as long as it takes to land one punch or kick, which is exciting. You know, that's you're kind of on the edge of your seat for that one. I think if I was going to bet that one, I would just bet Chandler by knockout or Chandler inside the distance. Then you could even bet Poirier by decision, kind of try to juice both sides. Or even Poirier money line plus Chandler by knockout would be fun. That's a good fight, but like all through this, Frankie Edgar versus Chris Gutierrez, I actually really like Gutierrez. He's out here knocking out people with leg kicks and stuff. Not a great fight for Frankie, but does he have one more you know good performance in his in him before he retires? Wouldn't actually shock me that much. I think this is going to be more competitive than the betting line is indicating. You know, Frankie's actually looked okay in recent years. He hasn't been super active, but I think there's still something there. I think he could put in one more good fight that could be kind of interesting. Ultimately, I don't think he takes it, but that's interesting. Um, I really like Dominic Reyes versus Ryan Spann. You know, Ryan Spann's been kind of on the come up a little bit. Super action fighter. He's either going to finish you right away or he's probably going to lose. Dom Reyes is on a three-fight losing streak, but it was all, like, champions or former champions. So that's, you know, an interesting fight for the 205 rankings if Spain can keep that momentum going. Uh, sorry, feel free to stop me anytime, but we got Molly McFan fighting Aaron Blanchfield. McCann has pulled a couple rabbits out of her hat, spinning elbows in her last couple fights. Huge underdog in this one, but she definitely has the power over Blanchfield. That could be fun. Either of those two women are going to be top five, top ten if they win this one. Andre Petrosky from Henzel Gracie Philly. Love those guys. He's got a super tough grappling matchup with Wellington Terman. Both guys are really good grapplers. I mean, it just goes on and on. Like, pretty much this whole card, there's not any of these that I go, yeah, I'm going to go take a bathroom break during this one. Yeah, because they'd be over in 15 seconds. Actually, I stand corrected. Not super excited in Carolina Kovalkiewicz versus Silvano Gomez Juarez. I don't really see. Uh, Kovalkiewicz still having it at this point in her career. She had lost five straight, then she beat Felice Herrig, but Felice Herrig was pretty much retired before that fight. So if you throw that one out, it's been, you know, four or five years and five fights since she actually beat anyone who cared. So that one might be the one where you go, okay, if you need to run to the bathroom. And, Go- and, Go- and Goldman Suarez won her last fight too in June, right? Yeah, it's I think kind of the idea here is that Kovalkiewicz is a little bit more well-known and they want to give a little bit of a push to Silva Gomez-Juarez. If she gets through Kovalkiewicz, maybe she's on the way up. She feels real young because she's only had three UFC fights. SGJ is 37 years old. So, you know, if she rattles off three or four in a row, does she have a title run in her? Maybe. But, you know, two women both on the wrong side of 35 Cool. Like, whoever wins this, great. Better to win than to lose, as they say, but I don't think either of them makes much of a push for anything serious, no matter how it goes for him. Unlike, seriously, almost every other fight on the card. 
How do you think your cash bill goes? Obviously, we're calling on a Wednesday, but how do you think your cash bill goes? Obviously, the uh, middleweight fight, we're going to have both fighters probably, uh, probably saying, but what else, what else are we going to have? Yeah, it's tricky. If you do both fighters and then Zhang, but not Carla, then you got to find some value somewhere else. And, you know, I mentioned both Ryan Spann and Molly McCann. Both fighters very aggressive, really hunt for finishes. But if either of them don't get that finish, they don't have a really high floor. So if you feel comfortable taking a swing at one of those and you get it right, you're pretty much printing money because they're both under 7,000. You throw one of them in there, you can get two, you know, mid-level favorites. You're good to go. But that's scary because there is no guarantee that either of them, you know, really score much points if they don't get a quick knockout or something. That's, you know, kind of the easy way or the simple way if you can get one of those right. If you're not going to do that, then, you know, Chandler at 7,300, he probably doesn't get finished. He has more finishing upside than Poirier, might even pick up a couple takedowns. He's not a bad cheaper play if you want to build out that way. Then try to get two of the, you know, closer favorites. And then you got to get your favorites right. You know, you got to find a couple guys you like in that 8,500-ish range. I really like Sung Woo Choi at 8,800. If you can get up to Gutierrez, just because he has so much volume, but he's 9,100, that's hard if you've already got Zhang in there. So it, it's a tough one. I think this is actually a really interesting challenge from Cash. If you can get one of those super cheap fighters right and get a win out of them, especially a stoppage, you can kind of do whatever you want elsewhere in your lineup. If you're trying to build more balanced, you've really got to thread the needle on some of these value plays with a high floor and then get your, you know, narrow favorites right. Because a guy like, I don't know, I'm just picking one, Matt Frivola, 8,500, but he's only, you know, oh, he's moved to an underdog at this point. Okay, don't play Matt Frivola. That line has moved significantly. Which, Ottomana Zaitar, 7,700 favorite. Now nah, we're talking. Now we can open. So you could go a Zaitar, one of the two I mentioned, and like a super expensive fighter, or a Zaitar, two kind of mid-level guys. It's fun, I guess, to bring this all together in a way that makes more sense. It's fun when there's not an obvious answer. Like, there's a lot of weeks where there's an obvious way we're going to build. You know, everyone's going to have the same lineup within one or two variations. I don't really like those. I like these where it goes, this could go a lot of different ways. Let's see how we figure this out. <laughs> and it would be fit. It would be funny, knowing you, because Cole has probably cost you a lot of money at the for the uh, UFC World Championship qualifying. If you feed her here, and then she, and then she kept her belt by knocking out Cheng, and I'm like, why do I ever play this gal? I know. I mean, and fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you look at it, I got almost everything else in that lineup wrong too, so that fight didn't matter too much. But you know. Yeah, I, I definitely have some tough feelings over that one. But yeah, so it's it's a fun one for cash. Tournaments, I think it's actually a really good tournament slate because we've got, you know, a 7,700 fighter who's been bet up to a favorite. You've got Ryan Spann at 6,900 who could easily stop a guy on a three-fight losing streak who hasn't looked the same since fighting John Jones. We got Molly McCann who's riding two knockouts against a fighter who's probably not going to stop her. You know, you mentioned Esparza, not super interested there. But there's some cheap fighters with Huge upside. So if you can hit on one of those and then get all your favorites right, very fun tournament site. I think you're going to need a real big score, though, to win anything of significance. Uh, we talking four, uh, high, mid to high fours, I'm guessing, or maybe a five? Oh, easily into the fives for tournaments. 
I mean, for cash. Oh, yeah. I mean, we'll see. It really just depends on how the main event plays out. I think most people are going to have both of them. If that's an ultimate, you know, if that turns into Forrest Griffin versus Stefan Bonner and they both put up, you know, the loser gets 60 and the winner has 120, that's going to have a major impact. If one of them slips out on banana peel and gets knocked out in 10 seconds and there's only 120 total points instead of 180, then that's going to be different. Metaphorical banana peel, of course, but you know what I'm saying. I don't know. There have been all these injuries in the first eight, ten seconds of fights. And I'm like, what is going on? It was crazy. I'm almost, I wish I would have been checking this like yesterday. Adelman Azaitar hasn't fought in a few years, but looks really good before that. Was plus 130 earlier in the week, is all the way down to minus 120. I don't know if that means something wrong with Matt Frivola. I think it probably means that Smart Money figured out that Adelman Azaitar is a much higher level fighter despite the layoff than Matt Frivola, but. I'm a little nervous after the controversy we had last week. Anytime I'm seeing some big line movement, because you think it's either smart money or I mean, I I didn't get what happened last week with all the UFC betting for that because that wasn't even a pay per view. It's not even the pay per view this weekend. Yeah, I mean, so the general idea is, oh man, I'm trying to, I'm totally blanking on his name, Derek Minner probably was coming into the fight with like some torn ligaments in his knee looked real bad and a few hours before the fight tons of bets came in on his opponent they came in on his money line they came in on his round one line and it was suspicious because james Krause, who's derek minner's coach runs a very popular mma gambling discord and it seems like somebody leaked the information that minner was coming into this fight hurt and a bunch of money came in on his opponent the other interesting thing that i haven't heard anyone talk about this is the Chase Sherman versus Josh Parisian fight that ended up being canceled. Uh, Parisian was going to the hospital overnight and a bunch of money came in on Sherman around that same time. That fight ended up being canceled. So nobody noticed, but it almost seems like someone at the UFC hotel, someone back there is leaking information when they know that fighters are hurt or possibly sick or whatever. I, I, I find it. I find it odd because seemingly with every card, one or two fights can get canceled. But at least the good news, if you have a somebody not feeling well, somebody not 100% healthy, you'd rather have a cancer fight than somebody go out there, out there and lose in five seconds. Right. And that's where, you know, not to get too much into the economics of UFC fighter pay and stuff, which is weirdly controversial but that's where you know if these guys were paid better or had some guaranteed salary in the background they might not have to take these fights when they're hurt you know josh parisian was obviously in a place in his life where he could afford to skip this paycheck Derek minner seemed like he wasn't so he had to take this fight and get his show money just to pay his rent or whatever i i don't know Derek at all so i'm speculating here that's what it sure seemed like and then of course that match messes up everything for gambling with that said if you are a dfs player before lineups lock Go through, go to best fight odds, look to see if there's any major line movement on someone. Because if you can get a 7,700 fighter who now becomes a favorite because of some craziness like that, put them in your lineup. Had I noticed that last week, I would have done much better in my tournament lineups than I did. Because that was just free points at a very cheap salary. Yeah, I wish I would have used Justin Fields instead of Josh Allen, but we'll leave it at that. But, yeah, you got got any other fights you're looking at, Dylan? Anything else you're excited at for this card? Because there's 
There's a lot of bangers. No, I'm I'm excited. I'm ready. I'm ready for this call. I mean, MSG, you get to fight at the world's most famous arena. Let's go, baby. With that said, everyone listening, don't miss the first fight of the night. Carlos Olberg trained with Adesanya, also former uh, kickboxing high-level guy, fighting Negarumanu. Negarumanu, I think, will probably try to stand and bang with him. I don't think he should. I think he probably will. That will be a fun one. Don't play either of those guys in DFS cash games. If you're playing tournaments, someone is probably going to be unconscious real fast. So just throwing that out there for everybody. And then um, I'm going to do a quick plug for you know anyone listening. Head over to Fantasy Labs. Free article breaking down all the DFS plays. If you're a subscriber, I am running the DFS projections over there. We got DFS ownership projections for the tournament players. Tons of good stuff over at Fantasy Labs and Action if you're following this. But yeah, even if you're not a subscriber, you got a free article with you know a more in-depth breakdown of all the top plays on the slate. So thanks for hopping on Billy. Wish you well. Hopefully, our uh, uh, DFS catch bets, GPP tournaments all win plenty of dough this weekend. Yes, sir.